The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. Okay, so I feel like one of you... Second time's a charm, Joel. I think one of you should ask me if (laughs) I'm ready. Are you ready, Joel? No, clearly I wasn't. Clearly I went through, (laughs) I hit this button, we already had our banter going, we were going, and I went to make a joke about how... Let me just... Luckily we were only like two minutes in. (laughs) I'm going to interrupt Joel like I always do, since he was bagging on me earlier without (laughs) pressing record. First we did the intro, Uh and Tom and I apparently, we weren't... (laughs) excited enough and then we <laughs> then we played the intro and then joel started talking about the intro yeah yep. and then i said what was it joel that, you that's said we good... should just play the intro again yeah because i was yeah. like yeah we got him hooked on we played the intro yeah. people skipped over the intro then <laughs> yep. we told him about the intro so we're going to play it again yep. and then joel made fun of me yep and then tom laughed yep and then joel realized yeah. Did not hit record. I was going to say, hey, we, what's what's the timestamp that we need when we start pinball talk? And then I looked up and realized I saw no timer. His face just went yeah. from laughing to. So I told the guys, I was like, oh, crap, I didn't hit record. And they thought it was funny. And I was like, no, seriously, actually. How do you guys we still thought shit. it was funny. Yeah, yeah. But all right. So um, we, I'm, I'm ready now. I think you guys are still ready. I'm amped right, up here, now. Let's here's do it. the intro I mean, for the. Third I need time 15 for us. minutes of my life back. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We're, we're three guys who like to talk pinball. So we came up with a clever name. We're Joel and Travis Tom who talk pinball. And we call ourselves Triple Drain, Triple Drain, Triple Drain. We're Triple, Triple Drain. Triple Drain. All right, now we're pumped. Now we are. We are. Let's now. talk Jeez. pinball. That could have been so much worse. We could have been so much further in, and that would have. I would have felt real bad. But all right, well, welcome guys. Episode forty-one. Episode forty-one. We are here. Uh, we got a bunch of crap to talk about. We actually, to be honest, um, normally we try to record every I don't know two or three weeks, just trying to stay on top of the news. There really hasn't been much news. Um, we recorded shortly after Venom you, was wait, streamed. Wait, wait, wait. There's no news? Well, not like... Travis is a pinball champion right now. That's nah, overrated. You, so you... <laughs> what What are you... Yeah, it's a big trophy. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't It doesn't all fit it in frame. Even... <laughs> You've never heard that before, I know. Um, no, look, I got, I got Andy's trophy, too, from Chicago for first thanks, place. Oh, wow. Those are... <laughs> those are both first place trophies? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Got some work spelled? to do, Andy. Is everything on that spelled correctly? On what? On both on, trophies. On all of them? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Josh Sharp, he didn't make any of these trophies, so it should be fine. So what was the big one good. for? What were... Or just what are the both of them for? Why not? Um, This one's for a warm-up tournament. Oh, no wonder. And so then the other ones for the uh, St. Louis Pinball Championships. Oh, well, look at you. Okay. I know. Enough well, bragging about me. Well, let's talk about you, Joel. I have no trophies. I have nothing Nothing to flaunt. I got nothing. Yep. Okay. Um, you got your stunning good looks and a badass beard. So there you sure. Go. That's what I, yeah. That's what I, that's what, this is the one thing I always have on you. I can confidently say I can grow a better beard than you. That's fair. Okay, perfect. Um, Okay, no real news. What I meant was last time we recorded, we we spent an entire episode doing a very in-depth breakdown on on Venom. And um, believe it or not, I actually got feedback on that and people appreciated it. So apparently breaking it down that way was coherent. What I think is funny is I 
later listened to Eclectic Gamers podcast and they talked about Venom all of maybe five minutes. <laughs> and Dennis is like, well, we've exhausted that topic. On to the next. And I'm like, they talked about <laughs> it five minutes and I'm pretty sure we talked about it for two hours. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Obviously, people have different views on what exhausting a topic is. So um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy the you depth that, that we go into. Joel's yeah. taking shots at you now. <laughs> no, I heard it. Luckily, that's that's the you best part about having so many different... <laughs> I know. I just That's heard that civil war at TPN now. So many different podcasts is good for, so that everybody can have a you know whatever floats your boat. There's probably a podcast out there. Um. So yes, Venom. We're still kind of in a waiting game on that. Hopefully, um. I know Stern is still. I don't. I don't know. I don't know timeline. Maybe Travis, you do. Like, are they in, still in the middle of the move? I don't know if they're actually producing games. Um. Oh, well, I say Does that. Does he work for Stern Pinball? <laughs> I mean, in a roundabout way, he kind of works nah. for a company that depends on Stern Pinball. I mean, or does, true. Or does Stern Pinball work for us oh, since we buy from Stern that's Pinball? That's what it is. Okay. I, I don't know. Well, I'm just I, making it up now. I, I know that there was a a Venom Premium that was out at uh, Trent's Bar in Trent Augustine. I think it was out there, and I heard a bunch of people playing it. And the feedback that I've heard so far is just that it's fast. And that's yeah. legitimately the only feedback pretty much everybody has about it. So the same exact feedback we had from the people that played at Comic-Con. And yeah, I mean, surprise, surprise, fast locks are fast. So I do think that's the name. things are being made because I actually got a text from a buddy of mine, Sterling. Shout out. Um, holy crap. I'm giving a shout out and I can't even think of his name. Um, oh, no, this is bad. When I start recording, I can't think of names. I will, oh, you said I will Sterling. Figure this out. Sterling, oh, he's down at Atlanta. Yeah. But it's a uh it's something you're trying to figure out the last name, aren't you? No, it's not. I know his name. It's the oh, okay. it's the league that he, he that he runs. It's down in Georgia. I'll have to I will think of this. Is it the something. Georgia Pinball League? No, this is terrible. Anyways, it, sorry, it, so sorry, Sterling. I will think of it. Um but Joel is such an a-hole Sterling. <laughs> See, if Tom and I he, were saying this, we would know it. He texted me because he said his Deadpool Pro was just shipped and Deadpool pros. I don't think we're supposed to be made till October, but apparently that has been bumped up. Is that the case, Travis? You're shaking your head. Like, you know, something. Uh, yes. Well, he was, I contacted, can confirm. Well, he was contacted from his distributor, which must not be you saying, Hey, your Deadpool pro was just shipped. So no, because I bought all the Deadpools. <laughs> so apparently it's not just shipped. So maybe they are yelling at it or lying to him, but it should be shipped soon. But if that's the case, that's awesome. No, if it's De not the Deadpool, case. Yeah, Deadpool pros are coming. Yep. Perfect. And confirm that's that. awesome. Yep. But that that's obviously I don't think those were made in the old facility unless they have both lines going in both locations. I don't know. It just seems I would assume Stern is moving forward. Things are trucking along. Mm -hmm. We will see what happens. They're um, running a business. Yes, Joel. <laughs> they are running a business. Confirmed. Um, so, uh, I just can't focus when I can't think of the freaking name. It's a something balls. Should we run the podcast, Travis? I think I mean, we should, Tom. It's We've talked about this. Balls. <laughs> balls of steel. Balls of steel. That's what he runs. He runs the ball, balls of steel. I thought of that. I didn't look at How could you not know that name? I, I mean, that's, that's why like it was bothering class, me. That's a I classic know. name. Like, Do you like how he came up with it? Something balls. I knew it was balls. <laughs> I knew it was I, balls. Balls. Yeah, sterling okay. balls. I'm balls so sorry. Sterling. Balls of steel. It, anyways. Balls um, of rust. <laughs> apparently Deadpools are coming. So that's exciting for anybody that's been waiting on a Deadpool Pro. Um, those are coming. So I'm guessing the, the Stern Factory is up and running or in the early process of being up and running. 
So I'm hoping that means Venoms, Venom Pros, which we are told mid to late August, are on their way soon. So hopefully for the flipping out stream, I will have one hopefully within the next few weeks. That's kind of where we're at. And hopefully it'll be on location. People will be able to get a little more hands-on experience. In the meantime, though, in the last few weeks, we really don't have anything new to report on Venom. Um, well, um, Free Play Pinball pod- Podcast did a really good uh, interview with Dwight. Dwight is still very stoked about the code, as he should be. That's very exciting. One thing that was mentioned, though, um, on the Pinball Party Podcast was now that this type of XP system is being added to pinball. And obviously, Stern has like fleshed this out and Insider Connected as well. In my mind, I feel like that would be kind of a waste if it's only on one game. Do you, do either of you feel that this is potentially a future type move for Stern? Do you think this is something that, or is this just a Dwight thing? Maybe this will be part of Dwight games from here on out? I'd say it's possible, but I think it's going to be more of a Dwight thing. Okay. Because the only thing about it is he's, like... X- he's more into the like, I don't, how do I say it? Like Dungeons and Dragons type of stuff. Or like R and D, like yeah. not R and D, but that uh, role play or role stuff that builds R and D. There it is. <laughs> you know we have we. You know this is our second recording because Travis's mic's already out or video is already <laughs> out, so you can tell that time limit's already passed once. Um, no R and G or um, his. Yeah, he loves this idea of building or progressing, and and it is cool hearing him talk about it more and more ah. and how amped up he is about it. Obviously, if it sells a lot of games. I mean, it could become a thing. If the I, demand I, is there, yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, I, I, I. <laughs> Travis turned his camera back on, and it's just his gigantic trophy sitting but in his chair. Well, that's be. that's really I, good, Travis. <laughs> I really think, like, I, I like the idea of being able to start at a point somewhere in the game with your Insider Connect. Sure. I, I, I think that would make a lot of people happy. Uh, oh, all yeah. the Joels of the world. <laughs> or the ability and to the Tom, skip. And the Tom graphs, Or the ability to to get through earlier points faster the more you do it. Like, it's like, let me get through, you know. I, I'm, I'm all for, and that's where they're talking about roguelike, roguelike games, where it's like the first times you play these games, the first few levels just kick your butt. But it's like the more you build, all of a sudden the first few levels, you're going to be able to get through them faster and faster and get to level the, the later levels quicker. I'm all for it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm very curious to see how this works. So, but if we look at the last few, like, I don't see how XP would fit in Rush's code. Or I don't see how our XP would fit in even into Foo Fighters well, code. Like, so I would say this. I would say I don't think retroactively they should try to implement something like this into games that have already been no. produced and are sure. in current production. I wouldn't mind seeing it done in games that are coming up, though. But it, it's not necessarily having, to me, if it were me and I was coding a game, I wouldn't necessarily want that in my game if I already had an idea or a skeleton of what I wanted, but I'm okay with somebody like say it's Dwight to come up with this and implement it across the board after the fact, if you make it an ongoing ecosystem with the Stern Insider Connect. So maybe there's some way they could do that to where it's kind of a separate thing from the actual like full code of a game, if that makes sense. And that it just kind of is just another layer on top of that. So Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's kind of the way that I see this playing out if they were going to go ahead and implement it. Because to me, it would be a little odd if this wasn't on any other games. 
and if it just showed up just in Dwight coded games. Because then you would be looking at what one like one version of this every 18 to 24 months or yeah. however long it would be. Yeah. So I could see yeah. something like that, but I also understand why certain coders would not necessarily want that in their game either. But I argue like, you know, competitive play uh, or cooperative play and like impossible mode. Those are all Dwight things, which are good things, but they're not incorporated into you know, other games. So I, I still think it's just going to be a Dwight thing. I, I mean, I, I thought I heard a rumor or somebody said sometime that there were talks of like bringing co-op into even like Godzilla. I, I don't know, but yeah, I really think it comes down to whether or not the coder wants to do that or whether or not, cause I, I would be curious and we've talked about this before, but when it comes to Stern code code, there's a base level code that's built into every game. Like, like every coder isn't coding their own DJ mixer. You know, like that's a set code that the, the code, I'm assuming they can just copy paste in and then kind of tweak to make their own. So I'm curious how much like taking cooperative play and just copying and pasting that into your game, like how much that would take. I would assume there's just, uh, it would probably be, I would assume a lot of testing because like uh, Dwight did something unique with turtles with co-op play where if if um, depending on how many um, of the episodes you you got through, it would get you to the wizard mode. So uh, once you get through um, four episodes, that's when team ups lit. But what Dwight did was he allowed team up to be lit for everybody playing. So you'd have to have that type of logic in there where what type of modes do you even though one person's played it, you allow the next person to play it as well. So it's not all combined progression. I don't know. There's. There's some logic there. I think it could be incorporated in other games, but it really comes down to whether or not the the, the game lead or the game designer wants it in their game. Unless Stern just comes down and be and they're like, boom, no, this is this has to be in every game from here on out. It could be an know. important part for home games too. Because yeah. let's face let's face facts. Getting to a wizard mode and getting deep into a game, it's not necessarily guaranteed for everybody. It takes a very skilled player over the course of three balls or even with extra balls, say you're, you have five balls total in a game to get to a wizard mode a lot of the times, or at least to the end game. Yeah. So I can appreciate something being added in to a game that allows for everybody to eventually experience it. And it allows for people to continually play until they get to it. And it's kind of what we talked about last podcast that not every single game has to be geared towards the high end player. Not every single rule set has to be geared towards the elite level player. Sometimes it's good enough just to try to appeal to the masses. And that's whenever you're selling a product, that's probably, well, not probably, that's most certainly the direction you want to go. You want to try to appeal to the most people. Now, obviously right now, what we're seeing, not many people are really responding to hearing about the XP with Venoms just flying off the shelves. I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand what it means. Yeah. Just because we have a grasp on it, just because some of us have played PC or console games that have seen an XP leveling system like this, it doesn't mean that everybody truly understands it. So I think it's going to take a little bit of hands-on time from a lot of people. I think it's going to take possibly a Deadpool situation to where people see the code flesh out. And that's exactly what we're seeing with James Bond right now. Yeah. We're seeing that start to start to go up. So yeah. Hopefully it works itself out, but I think they really, if they're going to lean into this XP, which I truly think they need to, they need to really make it apparent to 
the consumer what this is and what this means and just educate people because pinball is difficult enough explaining it to a casual. Now you put an XP system on top of it. I mean, people might get lost. So it's just simply just telling people and the way I've explained it to several of my non pinball friends to where they're actually interested in it. It's just telling them, hey, if you play long enough, you're going to get a bunch of points in the background that just level up your character. And eventually you're going to be strong enough to take on different parts of the game and you can keep rematching against that. And you can pull that over game to game to game that you don't have to do it all in three balls. It could take you 30 balls. It could take you 50 balls. So when you start to quantify it out like that, that's when people start to wrap their minds around what this truly is. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I, I'm just trying to think ahead. Like, I think it makes total sense in Venom because it is a fighting type game of like, okay, the, the stronger you get, your attacks are going to be worth more. Your def they're not going to regenerate as much. So it makes these one-on-one -on -one battles when you get to certain thresholds easier. That makes total sense to me. But what I'm trying to think about, and this was one of the questions I was asked on Facebook, people wanted us to kind of guess or think through if Jaws happens to be the next game, like what, what would we see in that game? And I'm, and, and we can, we can definitely go down that route. A shark. Okay, good. That's a good idea. I think, I think you might be onto that. Water. Maybe, a, maybe a boat, maybe a boat, but the good question job, is, you know, <laughs> the question is like Dwight has made it very clear that Venom is not a mode based game. It has many modes it has this, but he's like, that's not what he's saying. So, you know, I think mode-based games are a very normal thing. I, I'm trying to project here how modes would fit into Jaws or the concept of Jaws. But if we go one step further, how would XP fit into Jaws if that became a thing? And you, you know, I don't eat a lot of people. You got <laughs> so I'm you're saying. the shark in in yeah, your version of Jaws. Why not? Okay, you played so, Man Eater before, haven't you? Uh, the console you, game and on PC. The, the Daryl Hall right. John. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like you can, you literally play as a shark and you get XP for eating various sea creatures, well, eating us. humans, destroying <laughs> I think, boats. I think we yeah. got our answer then. I, I was just trying to think like if there's a mode that it's like escape this, it's like, well, how would XP help with that? And the only thing I could think of is once you get to certain levels, maybe it takes less shots or maybe your ball save is a little longer or maybe it's a little easier to light your out lanes, you know, like. Something like that, where the game gets easier, the higher level you get. You could do different things like that. I, I would say if I had to choose between an XP system and you guys remember the trophy system that was on yep. Avengers, Avengers Infinity Quest. Sure. I, sure I would much personally, I would much rather have the trophy system. I wish that they would have that across the board on every single game, because even though you have the achievements, I think it's pretty cool that you actually can get kind of in game type achievements that's geared towards doing so well in certain modes. So you have purpose to keep going back to the mode and it's bronze, silver, gold. So you have three different tiers for it. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what allows for a lot of replayability with a game. So I don't know, maybe somehow they can implement something that maybe is geared more towards the trophy type system and then maybe just include XP with that. Maybe that's something yeah. you could do over well, time. I think replay, I mean, replayability alone is an interesting thought in pinball, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that once you get to the final wizard mode, they're like, I'm done. They, they don't have that urge to play it again. But it sounds like, at least listening to Dwight, the main reason he was all for XP is because he wants, he wants this 
he wants XP to give the player the ability to almost guarantee that they can get further in the game. His example was like, if a dad and his daughter are going to go down and play every single night, he just wants them both to feel like they're achieving something. And every night they're going to get a little further and a little further because the game recognizes the time they're putting into it. And they can play co-op. That's what he was saying too. Like co-op will help with all that. So I think what you're saying, Travis, is not you need you want somebody to like hold your hand through the game or help make the game easier. You want like give me deeper instead of just completing the mode, give me the ability to complete it in three different ways, and then I earn three different potential trophies in that. And I know Insider Connected tries with some of their achievements to do stuff like that, of like, here, try to try to attack this a little differently than you normally do, just so you can get that achievement. Um, so I think the bones are there. I think I think there's Stern has a ton of options of what what direction they want to go. I just think this XP thing is in my opinion, and I think the three of us were all like, that's what excites us most about Venom. And it'll just be curious if this is a one and done thing. <laughs> like the UV, you know, ink that was printed on on Stranger Things. Is this a one and done thing? Or is this a, no, this can be a new thing that they start to build into every game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's curious because we've seen Stern do certain things that come off as one and done. You just yeah. talked about the UV kit. I just talked about the trophy system on Avengers. You know, we haven't seen anything like that on Godzilla. Yeah. Since, you know what I mean? So, and I think the trophy system, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure they'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was kind of Raymond came up with that and kind of implemented. I think I'm not positive. So I think I'll say that's I'm correct. Like 51% on that. So, I don't know. so yeah, and it's just like we didn't see a trophy system on Rush or yeah. anything like that. So, you know, I don't know. Different strokes for different folks. I just think that. Anything that Stern does, hopefully people catch on with it. And then one thing kind of sticks to where they'll, they'll go that direction. And I think the XP stuff, I think it is a great idea. I think making the game more accessible to every single pinball player, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm excited to see more people play it. And um, yeah, just to see what's, yeah, where Stern takes that or where do I, I think it's, I, what I do really like is it sounds like, and this happened in the free play pinball podcast where, uh, they were like, man, Dwight, now it looks like you're, you know, from a code standpoint, it looks like now you're like stepping out of your comfort zone. And he's like, no, it's the opposite. Like I'm now stepping into my, like this type of code is what he's been dying to do. And that's right. awesome. You know, props to Stern for like, letting him do it and to see what he did initially in turtles i mean it even goes like game of thrones you could pick your house and then in turtles you pick your character and then co-op and and then it goes further with with mando where it's taking track of all your best car like they're letting him do more and more and it's it's i i'm excited to see um kind of how how deep he goes with it Um, yeah and i think it fits the theme and the question is if it continues on will it fit other themes I, I don't know. And I, I think that's something that, you know, as a designer, I wouldn't want to be forced to implement something that you don't feel fits the overall picture. But at the same time, it is, you know, if that if that ends up being something because, you know, Stern tracks all that. So if they're seeing they're like, we have, we, you know, we have way more people logging in with with Insider Connected than we do any other game or, you know, look at it, like it. It's clearly there is incentive to do this and people are doing it. So how do we you know, push that even more. Well, and there's other parts to this too that's interesting. I think the fact is if you're doing an XP system and you're doing speed runs to where it's all timed oh, yeah. when you defeat certain people, 
you make it to where it doesn't really matter how many points you score in the game. What really matters is when do you get to the end game? And we're kind of we're kind of comparing that to what happens again. We keep bringing this up, or I keep bringing it up. PC and console games. Whenever you're leveling up your character, say you're playing, I don't know, like Elden Scrolls or whatever that game, Elder Elden Scrolls, Ring, yeah, what, Elden Souls. Ring, whatever it is, yeah, all all those games <laughs> where you get XP, right? You're not necessarily thinking about okay, what's my score at all. You're thinking about what what level can you get? What does that unlock? What more gear can you get for your yeah. character? What weapon can you get? It has nothing to do with score. So I, I almost feel like it's it's definitely weird mm-hmm. having a pinball machine and not have to worry about score. But again, you make it. Uh, there's a hey, most people to my don't. World, Travis. Yeah, well, most <laughs> people have no idea what the scores are, anyways. In pinball, yeah. you you yeah. ask a lot of people, they don't know how much a jackpot is. They don't know what a multiplier is. They they yeah. don't know, and that's fine. They just know: does the game shoot well? Does it look pretty? Does it sound good? And does the blinky lights do cool things? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what it boils down that's to. Fair, so, yeah. yeah. I, so you create that atmosphere, you give XP, and you fight Null eventually. Yeah. I think that's, well, I just think it's funny that, like, you talk about Lord of the Rings. Nobody, if if you've ever owned Lord of the Rings or borrowed it, people are like, did you get the Valinor? That's all they ask. They never ask, like, what was your highest score in Lord of the Rings? Because that is a game that people care about progression. And that that's just how I look at pinball machines. How far in a game can I get? How have I seen everything in the game? Like Hobbit. I know when I had Hobbit, my goal was to get to the third wizard mode. Cause that's as far, that's kind of as far as you can go into the game. I know I did it. I have no idea. What my score was, I don't care what my score was. So I, I just think this is cool. I think this is cool. And I think this might appeal to a completely different group than others, but also at the same time, I, I don't know. The majority of people may love it. Tournament players may love it. I, I really, this is kind of a wait and see situation. It's just cool that this is something new and exciting to be looking forward to. All right. Uh, transition. I don't have one. Godfather. Okay. So Godfather, I wanted to bring this up because. What a uh, transition. I know. Right. You like that? That's pro. That's a pro move right there. Um, he just wants to brag about a score. I know but it's not even a score to brag about. So we know. here's the deal. I've streamed Godfather three times and um, I really don't care about score until I happen to look and every game comes with a default leaderboard. What I'd realized is after streaming the game twice, I hadn't even got on the default leaderboard. I, I hadn't been there. So I know I know Carl D'Angelo is like... Oh, in the, what's in your the, XP score, though? Oh, I would have been <laughs> crushing it. Yeah. I know Carl D'Angelo is like in the billions, and he's like mm-hmm. trying to do absurd things. So I'm like, okay, let me look at the leaderboard. You're not the, God, Joel. I know I'm not. But when the lowest score is 75 million, and I can't break that, I feel <laughs> just it was one of those like that's the lowest broken. score, and the GC of the game by default is three hundred million. So I I went into my third stream like okay, I have to get on this leaderboard. So my brother and I are playing it. A key to that game and a big part of that game is all about the multiplier. And so I actually picked the house that or the family that was yellow, and that actually allows you to earn weapons quicker, so that you can get to that max out that ten times multiplier faster. So that's the direction I went and it actually paid off for me. And I luckily I had one game where I actually got like 330 million points. So I got GC. I'm still not on the leaderboard, not on the top 10 leaderboard, but I'm on the GC. I got the GC of the game. Yes, Travis or Tom, you're holding me up your hand. What the fuck? What? What did you tell Travis 
and I. So yes. So well, well, how well, did you well, achieve this? Well, 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 well hang on, hang on. Let, let me let me tee this up because okay. somebody out there is listening, laughing their asses <laughs> off right now. We got a little bit of a group chat, uh-huh. and Joel was ready to just start bragging nonstop, and no. I don't blame him because he got the GC. <laughs> so, so he he said on a group chat with Carl, he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I got the GC. I got three hundred billion. Yeah, yeah. And then then Carl asked him. What was your strategy? What I did, that group chat. Hang on, hang on. I will happily answer this. I got the popcorn gif out, so I was ready. Yeah, Joel, (laughs) because I was in a situation to where one of the best pinball players in the world had just asked Joel, what was his strategy? Genuine curiosity. I'm curious what strategy he used. Yep, he wanted to know. My answer was, I maxed out my multiplier to 10x. And I kept the ball above the flippers during multi-ball. That's what I wrote. <laughs> and not realizing that apparently that statement, kept the ball above the flippers during multi-ball, was, you guys lost it. You were like, oh my God. You just, it was everything. So that, I, I really enjoy that that group chat because I feel incredibly out of place. Um, that not group gonna chat lie, is, I peed in my pants when I heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so awesome when he yeah. said it. It was like yeah. everybody just stopped typing. Yep. And all three of us were just trying to like process exactly yep. what Joel had just said. So that group chat was our names, and then it went to Bond's 60th owners, which I'm no longer that. And then it became uh, Great Pinball Players and Joel. And it was that for a long time. And so I said, guys, I got the GC on a Godfather tonight. Please give me this for 24 hours. So I just changed the group chat to Great Pinball Players. And it has since changed back. I'm pretty sure it's changed back. Just Great Pinball Players and Joel. But yeah, Carl being genuine, I wonder what strategy he took. Maxed out my multiplier, kept my ball above the flippers during multiple. That's the strategy I took. And I will say if anybody watches that stream, that's 100% what happened. And that's my issue with Godfather is because everything stacks. I was just in this endless multiball for, I was multiball after multiball after multiball. I got to five family multiple. It was just like one would finish, another would start. And I was just kind of keep. I was just I was joling out. I was keeping the ball <laughs> is. above you. the flippers, just trying to. You know, it's like flipping I, my, the and, flappers. And that's another thing about Godfather. Owen needs so to eat many his lights. heart out when Joel comes out with his first pinball tutorial. <laughs> my God, look out, my, Owen! My um. I'm asking my brother, I'm like, what should I shoot? He's like, I, I mean, when you have a mode going or job going, you have a job going and two or three different multiballs all at the same time. And it's the light show of God. It's like, what do you shoot? Shoot. The joke then became shoot everything. You know, the Woody quote in Toy Story. That's what I felt like I was doing while in multiball. And I was watching my, I was watching my weapons. And once I'd get to 10 X, I'd hit it just to, you know, let's keep it. And that's just the strategy I used. And a whole bunch of points came out of nowhere. So is it a, is it a strategy I would use to coach someone how to play Godfather? No, it's probably not the best, but it's, it worked. I don't know. I mean, you just created a new t-shirt for us, Joel. <laughs> so keep the ball above the flippers during multiple. We're rolling yeah. in the money now. That's that. Yeah, that was what Joel's I did. face right there. I, what I would love is for Carl to like, he was probably sitting there and he's like, oh, what a strategy I haven't thought of. You know, it's good. I know my <laughs> mind doesn't think the same way his does. So maybe he was like prepared, like, you know, wet in the pencil, like, oh, what do we need? Oh, oh, that's what he did. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I like how you, I like how you think Carl was really expecting a serious answer from you. <laughs> I, 
I hope. <laughs> you know, a little bit of me feels like there might be the tiniest ounce of uh, not respect because I know there is nothing but mutual respect from Carl and I. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Carl looks to me for actual pinball playing Car- advice. Carl, when you're listening to this next time, I want you to think about this. When you're at your next tournament, yeah, yeah. which is probably going to be pinball at the lab, I want you to contact Joel before your first game and ask him what should you do on this game. Yep. I'm ready. I'm ready to coach. I'm ready to coach. But anyway, so this kind of leads me to another conversation, which is stacking, just stacking in general. And uh, if you look behind me, I've also, I currently have a Spider-Man, Spider-Man vault. So Zach came and picked up Foo Fighters and he, this is from his personal collection, which he's selling. And he, um, he had, we thought this would be a fun game to like kind of, like i don't know wet the appetite for venom because it's spider-man um side note on that this game's been played more by my son than any other game i've ever owned he loves spider-man he plays this almost every single day he loves this game and he's three he's a good boy he's three um we my brother and i streamed this one night i know this game has a lot of love and i know there are some people i think it's steve bowden who says this is his favorite game i mean there are there this game is well i'm not in this conversation love is this your favorite game this is yeah how is this your favorite game when you have Rush? Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Uno reversal card. <laughs> but this it, is they're, this they're is one equals. of your favorite games, is they're what you're equals. saying. Yes. This is one of your favorite games. Okay. I know this game gets a lot of love. And as I know it's Lyman Code, Steve Ritchie layout. Um, it shoots really fun. It, it shoots really well. I will, I will say I enjoyed the layout. Another thing that really stood out to me, I, this makes me sound spoiled, but I haven't, I haven't had a DMD game in the house in a while. And just like to see this era of game, there's a ton in here. Like there's, there's a lot of mechs going on here. There's, I don't know. It's, it feels like a relatively packed game for what it is. And then I really just am such a fan of DMD animations. This has a color DMD in it, but I just really like, dmd artwork and i and i that's why i really like the the cgc remakes the extended dmd there's just something about dot matrix artwork that i'm a big fan of here's a good question yes do you guys prefer dmd or lcd in in like in the era of dmd versus lcd or for pinball we're a pinball podcast joel we're talking about right now i still prefer lcd everything i own is lcd okay what about you tom uh, I guess LCD, but DMD is a close second because of Rush, right? Because Rush is no, a LCD. no, it's <laughs> nothing to I do mean, with Rush. But I just really love the artwork of it. Um, I will go on record and say I prefer DMD over LCD. Wow, That's just a hot take, everybody. Are you saying that in in are you going big picture here? Just in all the DMD games, you just like those more, or do you actually like feel like it communicates? Do you, Do you feel actually like, like the screens better? No, yeah. I just like the DMD screen better than the LCD screen. You just think it okay. communicates. I would, I mean, I've said this I before. I think there's enough information on it. I honestly never look at the LCD unless I'm trapped up and I need to find information anyways. Okay. So I don't get to see any of the animations play out. I don't okay. get, to, I don't get to see any of that. And even if I'm off to the side, Watching somebody play, I'm not staring at the LCD screen. I'm staring at the screen or at the, excuse me, staring at the play field because I'm watching that be played. So that's just okay, my yeah. personal preference. I just much prefer DMD over LCD for that reason. 
Well, feel free to share your thoughts on uh, our Facebook page or write us at tripledrain at gmail.com. This would be an interesting thing because I, I personally feel like my favorite pinball art is the CGC Remakes DMD. It's colored, it's huge, and it's just, I really love the way that looks. And I've said this before, if if Stern was to ever vault a game like Lord of the Rings or Tron or whatever, Walking Dead, I would love for them to go the extra mile and like do that. Go with an extended like DMD, super DMD that's colored. Yeah. yeah. Like make it go ahead and like go a, colored. Just go Sega size. Sure. I, I just really yeah. love, I really love that. And I think well, that would be even, a perfect happy medium, right? For, for Lord of the Rings. Oh, people yeah. are like, Oh, bring movie clips. Well, no, just look at the background that. for Spider-Man. Like yeah. that looks gorgeous. Yeah. It's I awesome. Mean, granted the, the, Frames per second's a little off right now, but that's yeah. you know that a color DMD looks gorgeous. It to me, it I just agree. pops. I just whenever I'm More at a show, or the Godfather's right next to it, twenty seven inches or twenty six inches. Yeah, I mean, again, it's personal preference. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like shame LCD screens or anything like that. It's just my personal preference. If I go to a show, my eyes get drawn to a color DMD. Okay. I will, I will stand there and wait to see animations come up on a color DMD that I haven't seen before. So like Big Lebowski, when it was essentially color DMD with movie clips, that's kind of a perfect. Yeah, that's like, I would say, I yeah. would say that's a good, it's okay. a good mesh. I mean, I understand the place of LCD. Obviously Jersey yeah. Jack did it with wizard of Oz and then it just kind of escalated or to where everybody had to play catch up with it and they had to kind of follow suit. But you know, I, like I found myself even playing Pulp Fiction a couple of weeks ago in Chicago, and I felt like everything you understood what was going on just based off looking up there, you got an idea with what was happening. Oh, yeah. That's so, just numbers. Yeah. No, it's well, not just numbers. Well, it's alphanumeric. Yes. Right? Thank okay. you. There's letters to Tom. How you hear that, so Josh? You? you just How do numbers. Tom off more. Time to piss Tom off more. So I don't like Spider-Man is what I'm going to say. No. Um. I do, I appreciate this game, but the biggest complaint that people have against Spider-Man is they feel like it's wood choppy, and I've realized I, I don't, don't like sacking. It's wood choppy. Okay, so what do you have to do in this game? To get, it's, you have to defeat all four villains, then you get an extra ball, then you defeat all four villains again, and that's how you get to the uh, Battle Royale, and then you have to be, defeat all four villains again, and all the modes, and that's how you get to Superhero. So people think it's wood choppy. People call Metallica wood choppy because it's like you have to do these things. You get to one step and then you have to do them again. And then you get to another step and you have to do them again. So that's the thing where the modes don't like Sandman. When you're fighting Sandman, the only difference between fighting him the first time, second time or third time is you just have to do it more. Like that's not that's what I, I feel like is I, wood choppy. I disagree. Okay. and end of debate anything else yeah so no i mean it's not like you're hitting the same shot eight times in a row that's wood chopping like sandman uh, it's the same shot he's just getting a multi-ball and rip the shit out of it i mean it's yeah it's it's not like you do it in single ball play yeah (laughs) yeah but trap a ball joel okay so that was the other thing is (laughs) In this game, there are two main multi-balls. The Doc Ock one, to like battle Doc Ock, you're doing a multi-ball. And then the other one is, is um, the black suit multi-ball. Which Wait, you Joel, have, to have you taken out the uh, center post yet? No, that's 
I was in there. I left it in there. Um, I, I'm just, I, I, the problem then is Go ahead, it, Joe. The, the, what frustrates me in this game is it's, it's a lot of work to start a mode. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Oh, Travis is gone. It's a lot of work to start a mode. So of course you want to get a mode started before you <clears> get into a multi-ball. But then like once you're in one multi-ball, there's nothing stopping you from getting into the other multi-ball. And there's nothing okay. stopping you from having multiple villains go all at one time. Well, yeah, there is. You, you are shot, the only thing. Yeah, stop, shot yeah. accuracy. Okay. Yeah, but I, that's accuracy. I don't have. <laughs> so, if my you're, goal, you're gonna get it playing that game. If you, I get it that if if that's the goal, then yes, and I understand that it's like the key. This is a game that would teach you or force you to play more controlled when you're in a multi ball. But the other side of me is like, if you just start a mode, get into one multi-ball and just go to town, there's a good chance you're going to end up fighting all four villains during that multi-ball and potentially start the next multi-ball. And if you just like all of a sudden, boom, once you get out of two multi-balls, it's like, what have I done? Well, apparently I've done, I've done two levels of Sandman. I've done one level of, of Venom. I've done, th- it's like, I'm already, I've already progressed through all this, but then I'm stuck. I'm, I'm at that point where it's going to be a lot for me to get my next multi-ball going or I'm going to have to like be, that's when I would trap up and actually be like cautious of like backhanding Doc Ock shots to get that multi-ball going. Oh, multi-ball started again. Okay, now I can like go to town and try to accomplish more. I, which I you feel can like do. this is turning into a triple combo. <laughs> but this is not, this isn't the right way to play it. I'm just saying this is what I do and then what happens is it's like, oh great, I got to Battle Royale but I've only done one mode so I am so far away from getting to the final wizard mode because I still have four modes to go to. Yeah, but how many people think of it like that though, Joel? What do I've, you mean? I've never seen I've never seen anybody get to battle royale and be like, "Oh crap, I've only played one mode." Because right, right. because that's as far as like the next step is the man gets three hundred million million on Godfather, and now <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's the difference between battle royale and then getting to the end of the game is there's there's a lot left for me to uh, achieve or accomplish. But so yeah, getting the superheroes is, is like, no small. It's feat. insane. No, yeah. it's insanely difficult. It's not easy to do. So that's what I was saying earlier. If, if I look at games from a progression standpoint, it's like okay, I've technically seen everything in the game except for the final wizard mode. And that last step is such a big step for me that in the idea of like, well, what do I have to do between each one? It's like, I don't, I'm not excited to do a level three Venom because I've already seen them twice. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing things. But it's harder to do. You have to it hit, is. you have to hit the side ramp. I mean, I, I have no doubt if you get to superhero, it's probably a very rewarding and gratifying uh, Mixer Tuna on the Buffalo channel. He's really good, like a very good player of streaming these deeper wizard modes. So when I saw he had a stream of getting to superhero, like that's a big deal. That's not a normal like stream. So I get it. And I don't just for maybe a player like yourself, Tom, a controlled player where you're having to think through that, that idea of, you know, okay. I, and I know Bowen did it during his tutorial. Like make sure you're using one multi-ball to pick through the dangerous shots, but also to prep your next one so that when you get out of it, then you can start your next one while I'm just <laughs> joling out. I'm just flailing. And I just, I'm starting everything all at once. So when it's all over, I'm stuck. And that's, I felt like I've been um, in the same spot in Godfather where it's like, I'm everything's going, I'm going and I'm trying to work on a job and I want to make sure I cash out when I got my 10 X. But at the same time, I got multi-ball after multi-ball after multi-ball. So then it's all over and it's like, well, I just played four multi balls in a row, so I'm I'm 
the furthest away from all four of those as I can possibly be right now. And it, you just kind of feel, while I wish it was the opposite where it's like, you gotta, I just, you gotta dock Ock out. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> if you don't stack though, then it's like, okay, I finished that multi-ball, you, but you luckily don't, you don't necessarily to want to stack. And, and that, and like Bowen's whole, whole tutorial was about that. Mm-hmm. Like you necessarily don't want to stack those multi-balls. You actually, you know, I was telling you this before off the podcast, you actually want to help progress towards your next one and then not take it. It's yeah. almost like you start both of them. You're like, crap, I screwed up. But maybe that's, maybe that's just a level of play that I don't have yet. The, the, the playing under the playing in control in a multi-ball is a challenge and it takes, and a lot of it is, um, self-control just like, don't be a honey badger. <laughs> just <laughs> money, you play like, money. Relaxing yourself. It was like, I know, I know I have two balls on my left flipper. I want to flip them so bad, but just leave them there and try to work with the right for a while. You know, so, like it's hard. So I'm going to give you three things to work on on Spider-Man. I'm ready. One is post-pass. Trapping okay. up and doing a post-pass. Number two is doing like a ski jump. So like you hit the ramp, mm -hmm. ball comes down, you lift up your flipper, let it go to the other flipper and catch it, stop it. And then the other thing is to try and actually do like a, I think you could do like a post catch on it. So like when the ball's coming down, you can like fling it up into the post and get it to die down. So I luckily Doc Ock shot in that works pretty well where I can actually backhand Doc Ock. It'll feed the right flipper again. But then if you flip at the right time, you can just, you can keep that ball in the right flipper and you can do it again. Yep. Those are all, uh, those are all skills that I, I understand where I struggle is implementing any of that during multi-ball because yeah. it's well, just so much uh, chaos. I so you do it too. in single ball play. Yeah, yep. I, I understand, but the problem is once that's what I that's why I voiced this idea of like I don't know how much I actually like stacking because I don't want a second multi ball to start at the same time I already have a multi ball going. Like I don't, I don't want that. And then stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I okay. So let's talk about Godzilla. We always come back to Godzilla, right? If I'm in mm -hmm. building multi ball, if I'm in the main building multi ball. You can start bridge multi-ball at the same time, correct? Or no? No. No. That's what I'm talking about. I like that you can't. Wow. So you, you need know? Keith Elwin to hold your hand and make <laughs> sure don't. that you don't accidentally <laughs> stack like tank everything Yeah, I can't be in I can't be in the middle of building multi-ball and then start tank at the, like I don't that's what I like. I I think I prefer games like that and I understand that's the exact opposite of of Kiefer code where like that's why people complain about GNR. All of a sudden you have, you're just multiple all the time or well that there's other things to GNR, but like this, that's my thing about this is you can plunge. If you pick the right skill shot, you can plunge into a multi-ball. And while that multi-ball is going, you can accidentally lock enough balls to start another multi-ball. And then while that's going all of a sudden, well, I've, it's just, yeah, it just, that's just my opinion. I just well, don't it just think comes I down love to it. preference too. Like what did you yeah. think about Avengers? Because all the multi-balls can pretty much stack together on that one. True. Um, maybe it was just because some of them were harder to start than others. Like, um, like I know Iron Man multi-ball, that shot is, I mean, you can mistakenly hit that shot. 
Thor, I mean, you're going to hit that kept ball a well, lot. I what don't, I'm can't getting stack at is those two. Yeah, did it bother you that everything was together? What what can you stack? What are you asking? Them? The port the portal lies. Yeah, with, the portal with the other and the Thor. Yeah. I don't. That's maybe you that's do the portal thing. Portal with Iron Man. I yeah. look at multi ball as an opportunity to help me progress whatever I'm doing. Like I just I don't. I'm not looking at it as points. I'm looking at it as a progression thing. So this that's, is security. That's why we're telling you not to stack the two multi balls. Which no, I get, but it's we're coaching you, Joel. You the, <laughs> the, I just feel like that there's the shots that you can hit to progress your multi ball. I don't know. At least what I found in. Spider-Man, I could probably do it if I really focused on control, but Godfather, there's so many different multi-balls and so many different shots that qual like that thing, it just I don't know. And that's that's what some people complain about. So um and, th- and then the other patience. side of that is that's once all. you get it though, once you're stacking so many things, then it becomes even harder to understand what you're actually trying to do. Because it's like, okay, in Godfather, if I have three multi-balls going and a job. What like all the lights are lit, and but I yeah, what should I be focusing? I, I that. That's the yeah. extreme, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. Like Spider Man is first here, and what you're describing with Godfather is basically like eleventh here. <laughs> Got it? You know what I mean? So let's with- go to eleven. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So Spider Man, we're we're really just talking about two multi balls that you happen to stack together. So if okay. anything, this game should be a good training mechanism for you to learn how to get flipper control sure learn how not to joel out all the time it's okay to stay calm during the multi-ball you see the blinky lights you just hit them you keep the balls trapped up don't flip them at all hold on to them till you drain out of one and then try to try to post pass over try to cradle separate and then go to town again i i i get it and that's maybe that's the thing that it's pointing out (laughs) like i have a lot to learn because but I think the game also, the other thing that I've learned a lot about Spider-Man is how much I appreciate the uniqueness of modern modes. And and what I mean by that is like, um, I like don't know. Like side quest type No, but it's like Venom. Stuff that we talked like about. Venom on this, the only, what you're doing in Venom is you're either hitting the left ramp or you're hitting the Venom shot. That's all it is. Like, that's what the mode is. That's it. And you compare that to like Foo Fighters where, you know, um, uh, what is it? Seattle. It's like the two shots and the way they travel across the thing. And then the way they travel back or Ray Day's really good with, he had a bunch of unique modes in rush where it's like, you know, what was it? A uh, limelight where it's like things get dimmer and then you got to do that. Like it's these modes feel unique. They feel like genuine to that thing that you're doing while this era of game is, is a little more just hit the blinky light. Like the, the, um the green goblin mode is there are green goblin targets on the side. That's all it is. It's just keep hitting those targets. So that's the kind of thing that I, I, I'm really, what I'm finding in modern code that I really like is the uniqueness of the mode. I, I, I just think it's a level above. Did what you hear that, Travis? Uh-oh. He's saying Lyman is a bad coder. <laughs> that's what I'm starting to hear. <laughs> that's, He's really I, dogging I on this code. That's what I just I heard. Not say <laughs> I did say that, but... Um, but did you we, did you know you could uh, you can two x one of the shots in the game? Yes, so I know that's you another three x. Did you? And know that's with the modes. Yeah, if you had the white shots, I I watched the whole Bowen tutorial. I okay. saw it okay. and I see it. I, w- I would think on. you would appreciate no. <laughs> a little bit simpler code to where you fully well, yeah. understand what's going on. 
It's because it's maybe, the exact opposite of Godfather, where you're you're not I sure know. what's going on. So to me, it's it's a good game to kind of be able to figure out your your skill set yeah. and to work on skills and to work on hitting shots. Because you are right, games of a different era in Spider Man. 2023 obviously it was from a different era at this point since it's a dmd game but that's the way a lot of pens that came out around that time is the the rule sets are very linear yeah. in that way that you got to do xyz in order to do the next thing well, and so yeah that that's kind of what's changed ever since i guess gosh i don't know maybe acdc metallica Sometime around there, you you kind of saw rule sets just start to gradually start changing to collecting a lot more things in it and making yep. making different progressions happen later on deep in the game. Yeah, I I mean this is a game that's easy to explain in a way where it's like, oh, mm -hmm. I started Green Goblin. What are you going to hit? Same targets you hit to start it. You know, oh, I started like I get that, but I think it. I also think this makes me somewhat hypocritical because like I'm super stoked to get Cactus Canyon. Cactus Canyon. Zach said my SE Plus is in. Hopefully I'll be getting that that in the next few weeks. Like I understand that the Cactus Canyon code is very much like, oh, I started the mode. That's the left orbit. Guess what shot I'm hitting to keep doing that mode. It's the same thing. So there's part of me that likes that simplicity, but then I'm also really curious to see what Josh does, whether or not they make these modes a little more complex or a little more unique. But the, really, what it sh what it shined after playing, spending time like that on it, this type of era of game, a DMD game, my I do really like the DMD, but I do I have found myself appreciating the uniqueness or the originality that that coders are bringing into modes these days and making these modes seem different or or kind of a their own unique experience that that mode is just a fun thing to 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 do. Um, versus just like a box you have to check. So, um, sure, is your seedling falling off? <laughs> I think one of my kids yeah. just belly flopped right above me. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were my two comments about my current thing, my current uh, layout. There's no screaming or crying. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so that leads us, I think that's it for normal news. We did actually, um, post both on Facebook and our Patreon. We posted like, hey, we're recording tonight. Is there anything you guys want us to talk about? And um, thank you so much. We had a really great, uh, we got a, we had a ton of feedback. Like we had a ton of people comment. And um, so we're going to work our way through some of these. So yeah, this is going to be somewhat rapid fire because we got a lot to go through. So we're going to start with Patreon because these are the people that support us. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Check us out, uh, Triple Drain on Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us there, you can. Um, Joe Hills, he actually has a really interesting story here where basically he said he was at a local arcade and he noticed there was a woman next to him with her with his with her son, and she pulled out her phone because she saw the QR code on Insider Connected. And you could tell she was trying to pay to play the game because she saw her QR code and assumed that's how it worked. And that's when Joe said he handed her a token, showed her where to buy more, and realized like, we're in an age now, and I'm curious if this is happening at other arcades where People see a QR code and they assume that is a way that you pay to start the game. So his question, and there was some discussion on the Patreon with, with, about that. Do you guys think that this is a planned thing for Stern? Because I, I was trying to think my way through this. And the only incentive I could think of would be like a loyalty program or something where it's like if Stern recognizes, oh, you played 10 games, then we'll give you the the 11th had a discount 
but then, well, whose pocket's that coming out of? Because if if um, people that are routing the game, they don't want it to come out of their pocket unless they feel like being able to play or pay digitally is actually incentivizing people to play more than having to go cash another dollar. It's it's entirely possible. I know that they do this with PGA Golden Tee right now. They have NFC technology in which you can just tap something to it and you can pay. There's transactions there. So, yeah, we know a lot of different operators that will put on cards and stuff like that to where a swipe card goes and you have a credit that goes on the game. And it's been reported plenty of times that those games actually make more yeah. in overall revenue just because of that. And it's like anything else. If people just have a card that they have to use or they're putting a credit card swipe or whatever it could be, People tend to spend more money than what they would by handing over actual cash or putting in coins in it. So, yeah, in theory, it makes sense. I don't know if that's the plan in the future, but so Joel, are you talking through like Insider Connect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be because there's a QR code reader there. But yeah, if right. there was, if I mean, I, I, some this was either a podcast or something I saw online, but somebody said like, well, why do arcades do tokens? Like, if tokens are a pain, or you realize that people are uh, using tokens from like, why do people use them? And somebody made the comment of like, when you use a token, you know people are going to spend that money versus a quarter. Where if somebody gets pissed off and they're like, I have a dollar fifty in quarters still, there's nothing stopping them from walking out the door with the dollar fifty. But if they look and they see I got a dollar fifty worth of tokens, they have to use them. So they end up using them. So if that became like if Stern did something like that, where you can buy twenty dollars worth of credit for or you get 20 you spend 20 dollars to buy credit and you actually get 25 dollars worth like and then they find some way to work with the the, the person's routing the game to I, feel I like, was just gonna say that yeah. how would that work with operators but um i mean i, I like like sir, i said i don't know i know golden t does it okay but i don't know exactly how that works with operators though so the nfc it stands for near field communications and it's basically like golden t they have something i think it's the caddy or PGA tour caddy app to where you can actually just use your phone or use something like that to where you're able to pay hmm. based off that. So if you, if everybody goes and looks at what a golden tee is with the PGAs, you'll see it right there, right by the trackball and right above the buttons to where it has like a huge part that says tap here. So the technology is out there. It wouldn't shock me if we see something like that in pinball eventually. And I think it would be pretty cool for operators. If, Stuff like that could get figured out. Yeah. Well, Andrew Doan, D-O-A-N-E, I think Doan, Doan-E, Doan. Anyways, he he was commenting on this, and and one of the things that he was asking was, uh, do we? What are other potential insider connected things um, that that could be used? And, and I know Tom has shared his uh, his overall views on insider connected a few times, and I know like local leaderboards are a very common thing or tracking your home play kind of thing, or head head to head is something we've talked about a lot. Um, one thing I did think I, I the fact that Stern is XP, XP alone is a brand new thing that Insider Connect is going to allow you to do. And if we look at Insider Connected purely as the ability to the to inform the machine who you are, you are playing this game, and it it, it tells the game like I've played this, these are my achievements, this is how much time I've spent on it. I would assume at some point in time, they will build in some sort of difficulty system where the game will make itself easier or harder based on how much you've played the game. I think that could be kind of cool. 
Um, and then another thing that I think would be cool would be a way to get to things you've been to. So like if you've gotten to a wizard mode, I think it would be cool that once you've been to it once, you can scan in and like shortcut. You can like shortcut back and be like, hey, I got to this wizard mode, but I want to just practice it so that I can work my way through or show it off to somebody else. Um, obviously, Insider Connect or, or some of the new ones with these challenge modes give you that ability. But those are just two th- thoughts that popped into my head. I don't know if you, uh, any other brainstorms that you guys think? Heads up. Heads up. Yeah, like head to head play. Yep. Yeah. Which, which I know all the heads up tournaments that we've seen, you know, what is it? Ace Gogi or whatever that Carl streams, they just buy two pros and put it. You guys do it. Lumberjack Johnny's. Yep. What was it that Zach called it? Pancake <laughs> something. Um, anyways, it was, you guys all have two of the exact same game and you put it right next to each other. But Pan- that's pancake. What, what Zach the hell? mentioned your stuff. This was like a year ago. And I think instead of calling it Lumberjack Johnny, oh, yeah, it was okay. something pancake. But Flapjack. 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 But that's not normal for a bar to have two of the exact same game right next to each other. So really, when you're talking about heads up, that is some sort of like, yeah, non-local heads up play uh, where you log in and wait for somebody else to. You could probably easily program that to where, you know, player one steps up, you time them, player two steps up their time. They could have the time player one had and you have to beat that time or something like that. I, I would love the bit like races where Think it's about like that. Yeah. Where <laughs> I would love races where you pick something in the moment that that person accomplishes it, it shuts the other person's game, like kills the flippers. Like, I think that would be incredible. What, um, what, what's the turtle shell challenge? Half shell the, challenge. Half, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So if we could both challenge. do it at the same time and so, as yeah, soon as you do like it first, it kills the other person's We're at games. a bar. Yep. And I'm like, all right, Joel, I want to challenge you to this. And I go first and I get like, two minutes then you got to beat it no problem yeah yeah (laughs) that could be cool um yeah that could be cool i think i really want um them to flesh out the social side of insider connected more like i wish you could do challenges yeah um that was something scorbit had where you could do like uh like a weekend challenge it's like whoever has the highest score by the end of the weekend it shows so you can pick your friend and challenge them on a game and i just think that could be I, I wish that was something like I wish it was easier for me to know what achievements you guys have or watch that that kind of stuff. So there's a lot more that they can flush out for sure. For sure. Travis is shaking his he's he's basically headbanging over there. He's he's just agreeing. He's just agreeing. <laughs> I'm just agreeing with every everything you guys um, are saying. That's all, all right. So this is an interesting one. Tony V, feelings on recent surge of content creators on YouTube who focused on arcade one-ups, new wave toys, et cetera, getting into pinball and engaging in integrating it within their content. Is this good or bad? And what does it mean? And what could that do for the hobby? Is it arcade, time for some nerd turf wars? No. Arcade one-up. Oh yeah, pinball? it is. So arcade one-up. No, what there's a, there's a handful of content creators that actually have a lot of followers and the majority of what they talk about are, they were just video games and then they got into the arcade one-up scene buying mm-hmm. all the different arcade ones ups and then kind of pushing this idea of building their own home arcade, but it wasn't real arcade equipment. It was all arcade one ups, then modding arcade one ups. And I feel like some of these guys, now that they actually have that vibe or that feel, they're like, what's the next step. And a few of these bigger creators have bought pinball machines. 
And mm-hmm. so they're bringing the idea of having a pinball machine at home to an audience that we I'll, aren't. I'll name drop uh, B from uh, Kong's R Us. He's one of them? Yep. Yeah. I, so I don't know a ton of them, but I, I'm all for it. I, anything that can grow this hobby and bring it to the attention and, and the eyes of more people. I mean, it's amazing how many people I talk to. And when I say pinball is a hobby, they have no idea that it's a modern thing. Like it's still going. So if arcade one up, people or, don't. Yeah. And that's totally fine. And yeah. I don't care. I don't care what creator. I don't care if you're a, if you're a, a makeup tutorial YouTuber, if all of a sudden you get the bug to have a pinball machine and put it in the background of your thing and, and you know, your million followers see a ba- pinball machine in the background while you're doing your makeup tutorial. Great. I don't, so I have no, sure. Okay. Yeah. If at the end of the day, if the Twippies, if the best pinball YouTuber ends up being the makeup tutorial person, because, you know, she got her army on voting for it, then yeah, there's your turf war. But at the same time, good on her, like anything to bring more attention to pinball. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, I mean, to be honest with you, this isn't the first time that people kind of from outside of pinball have kind of joined in to pinball too. This has been happening for years and years. I think if anybody's been on Twitch for the past decade, at least this name might ring a bell. Lethal frag was one of the first Twitch users to actually stream pinball to where he was. I think he was almost like a role playing game type streamer way back in the day. And he did an endless two year like every single day he streamed for two straight years and it was a big deal. And then he wanted to move into pinball and he actually launched a Kickstarter. And I'm pretty sure you can still find this online to where he raised anywhere between 15 or $20,000 from people that watched him just to be able to build a rig, get a pinball machine. I think he even streamed star Trek or Stern star Trek, I think is the Hmm. game that he streamed. And this is back in gosh, 2000, 13, 14, 15, it was a while back. So, and that was somebody that had a lot of people watching him at the time. So this is, this is kind of the same thing that's been happening a little bit. And we've talked about this before in previous podcasts that one of the things that really got stranger things out there, believe it or not, and this is probably one of the most viewed videos ever for a pinball video. It was a uh, family vlogger that did it. And they had a stranger things and they actually showed themselves playing it in the background. They show them, you could see it in their game room and everything. And I think that video probably has five, 10, 15 million views on it. I I forget, I forget who it is off the top of my head, but I know I've seen it and it's just, yeah, people there's crossover like that. And to me, that's a good thing. I, I don't mind anybody just talking about pinball, discussing pinball, anything to get people more interested. I'm all for. Well, it's cause you're a shill, right? Because you work for oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I want everybody to buy pinball machines. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it is funny because the first question I asked was actually from Joe Hills. And Joe Hills is actually a rather big Minecraft streamer. That's what he, he that's what he did. And so for him, as as somebody who's pretty big on Twitch, he for a long time, and he might still do that. I just haven't been on Twitch in a while. He would finish his Minecraft stream with a few hundred people watching and he would raid a pinball streamer. So he he raided my channel multiple times. And he rated, yeah, Tom's. I mean, it's just like, it's awesome that that's his idea. I know, I know his audience is Minecraft, but he's trying to build, you know, bring that in. And I think Joe even, um, streamed was, some pinball he, himself. He was just at cool. district 82, not too long ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So last question from Patreon. 
William Moore, appreciate Joel streaming Godfather. I just received my Godfather CE and was surprised at how difficult it is. But if you take your time to figure it out, it falls into place. But since, but still has wicked outlanes. I can have a 300 million game and then an 800, uh, 800,000 point game back to back. William, I totally relate <laughs> because I had my 300 million game. And since then I haven't passed 75 million. So I, that is a game where um, there was another joke that came up on stream where somebody said, Godfather's the perfect game to drink whiskey to and smoke a cigar. You know, something that's kind of calm, but you can be precise. You can think through it. It's a kind of a problem solving game if you want it to be. Otherwise, it can be a very relaxing time. And then they're like, Foo Fighters is a game to <laughs> drink a Mountain Dew and smoke crack. <laughs> that, was, that, was like, <laughs> that was, you know, this high energy kind of crazy fun game but i mean every game's a little different but i do i do know that like yeah godfather um i see why nick lane on buffalo pinball freaking loves the game um i know the way that nick talks about the way his mind works and the math i know carl is loving um carl d'angelo is loving godfather because of that just if that's the way your brain works and you really want to understand and look at the big picture you can really arrange things in a way that you can just blow it up but i will say this is not a game that you're going to blow up on accident like you really have to do a lot in the right order to put up the big points. And I've only done that once. <laughs> I've only done that once of all the times I've played it. So I don't know. I mean, Tom, you have one. Is this, do you feel like it's a, uh, are you starting to get, get a good grasp of it? And, and is it a game that you, I can't, some, yeah. I can't Carl it yet. Well, nobody can. You're not a God. Isn't that what you said to me earlier? Yeah, exactly. It's, um, there are some pinball games that are just fun to step up to and play. And this yeah. game, you can, you're just not going to get many points. That, that game to really, well, if, every, if you care about every points, pinball game, you can step up to and play. Yeah. But like, but are you having fun? Good. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's what, what's level of fun, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Smoking okay. crack fun or the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think it's cool. I do think, I mean, if this is a game, uh, I love right now because right now I have um, TNA. So I got a spooky game. I got a, a, old D, a older DMD game with Stern. And then I got Godfather and I have Godzilla. And just seeing how different the four of them are, it's just, it's really cool to see how different. And I, I love seeing how different Shit. they are. Travis is out. <laughs> um, it's just they're all so unique, but I will tell you, Godfather, this they're game is snowflakes. gorgeous. All like, of them. <laughs> this game, Christopher French, he killed the art package. JJP knows how to make a beautiful, beautiful freaking game. There's no, there's no denying that. Um, and if and if you like a game like that, that you can really dive in, get your notepad out, and you know, learn the rules, there's a ton there. There's every, absolutely a ton there. Every time Joel says Spider-Man's this old game, I feel like my armor leg's just going <laughs> to fall right fucking off. It's the oldest <laughs> game in this collection, but I understand it in the realm of pinball, it is it is an infant. I get it. <laughs> I get it. So that was Patreon. Patreon, thank you Honey, so much. Can for, you get my walker out? <laughs> thank you so much for um, everybody that reached okay. out to us on Joel, that. Yeah, Joel, yeah. when yeah. did the uh, original Spider-Man come out? The pinball machine, that is. Or Stern. I don't know. I'm curious. Early two thousand. You know year. Was it two thousand like eight? Well, I thought the oh, vault was two thousand seven. I thought I saw. No, the original, the original was two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. The vault came out in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So Something super like old. <laughs> no, I I 
yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Um, we're just hammering through these questions. I'm glad we're, we're speed goal, running right? this. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was Patreon. We had five. Um, Facebook, we have 42. So here All we right, go. No. Let's do it. <laughs> Don's go. Pitbull Podcast. I heard the Don Pitbull Podcast guy is pretty great. Talk about him. He is. He's a nice guy. He's been showing up in stream. Appreciate you, Don. Thanks for saying hi. Um, let's hear about how unfortunate Joel is for only being able to stream the pro venom. Thank you, Steven. Yeah. I feel bad for me. Yep. Um, we need the, what the Sarah McLaughlin song, uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel Costa, when will Joel sell his TMNT to buy venom? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll have to play one and wait and see there. Uh, Rick quick. If that's his real name, that's incredible. Rick quick. I can um, confirm that's a real name. That's a real name. That's awesome. How about thoughts on the best way to spread pinball to the massive? Maybe a televised tournament with a million-dollar payout, celebrity tournaments which turn out local media, or college tournaments to get the next wave of players at least familiar with the sports. Any idea how to bump the numbers? Uh, a million-dollar million tournament would be awesome. Uh, Ray Day or, um, you know, Escher would love the, that million dollars. Or right. Zach McCarthy. Who's, who's the big one right now? It's not, is it Zach? Who's Baller. number one right now? Well, Escher, Escher is now. Escher's number, who's number two? Number Zoller. Jason Zoller. That's right. Oh, that sounds um, great, but that's not, I don't. So are we talking about just spreading pinball as in just pinball itself? Or are we talking about spreading tournament pinball? I think Those it's are just two different things. I think it's just growing, but that's the idea of how do you televise? How do you, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you convince people to get into this? Okay. Without bringing money into it. To like several major ways. Got you it. either contact a massive YouTuber such as Mr. Beast or somebody like that, you offer up your pinball machines for a challenge. Or you contact CBS, you try to get the pinball machines into the Big Brother house or something like that. You say, hey, we'll offer you one or two. So that way it's always shown on live streams. It's always shown during the actual, I don't know, during the actual broadcast, who knows about licensing rights or stuff like that. But I think any way that you could get it seen Based off that, I think if you contact family vloggers, just like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of them that get millions upon millions of views and you say, hey, we'll give you one in your game room. And all you got to do is just talk about it every now and again. To me, that's an easy that's an easy ask right there, considering you're just offering up a few thousand dollars for a pinball yeah. machine in turn to have millions of eyeballs on it. And it might not necessarily be the majority of people are in a position to buy pinball, but People are seeing pinball. People are discovering it. And you kind of plant that seed a little bit. I agree. I think um, uh, one of the best things, I, I th shortly after King Cromwell started at JJP, uh, I think he was involved in the marketing campaign to get one. Of, they got Willy Wonka to the slow-mo guys and to have Gavin make a slow-mo guy video. I mean, that video got, I think it was over a million mm. views. Yep. I mean, that that was like some of the best advertising you could ever do. And uh, I totally, I'd never thought about like big brother house. Like that makes total sense. Uh, there's a lot of like gamer challenges going on right now. I think state farm just had a gamer challenge where they got all these big Twitch streamers to compete. But the idea was like, let's have them compete on super Mario and then compete on call of duty and then compete on this and then compete on that. It would have been, well, they do that with chess too. I think oh. it's called pog champs or something like that to where they get the biggest Twitch streamers and the biggest content creators to do mm -hmm. something like that. So to me, I don't see why Stern couldn't do something like that because they have the Shoopies or whatever that's called. Instead of getting us pinball players to be on it, why not just get some major content creators to come all play in a tournament? Because you, then they're going to tell their, yeah. their audience about it. Like 
as just competitive the as these people are. Sounds like you should if, start working for Stern. No, they work for him, Tom. Remember we <laughs> if, talked about oh, this? Right. Yeah, they work for me. Yeah. So no, if that, you, would, that would be a good idea. I personally think yeah. I've always wondered why that hasn't been done. Maybe they've attempted before and it's just hard listens, to put right? together. <laughs> if, Who knows? If Stern sent whatever a Foo Fighters to like like six big Twitch streamers as competitive as they are, right? They sent one and they're like, here, we're going to put this in your home and then they're all out in LA and then we're going to come out and we'll film and you can do a local tournament where you all compete on Foo Fighters. Like you give them the game early for them to learn it or play it a little bit. Well, I don't you, know. I think that could you be could really do cool. that. Okay. Here's what you do. You would contact eight big content creators. You would have them all come to Stern. So I'm in Chicago. They would all do the shoopies yeah, like we're that. huge. <laughs> you would let them all film behind the scenes stuff so they could create their own content. Okay. So they would get it out, a mm -hmm. different video, the way that they would do it. You would be able to have the content for you. That way you spread out over at least eight different YouTube channels. And we're not even counting all the Facebook. We're not counting all the Twitter. We're not counting all the Instagram, all the TikTok, all that. You'll spread it around a ton. It would get millions upon millions upon millions of views. That's the easiest way to spread pinball out by far there more than anything else we could do. Well, Rick, quick, there's your answer. <laughs> uh, Tyler Hookers Becker. in blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew and crack. Yeah. Um, so carry over topper modes being active, even in competition mode on Stern games. Travis <laughs> knows the story. Mm -hmm. Well, Stern insider stuff when it comes to, so I'm guessing this is a guess, but I'm guessing uh, Jurassic Park T-Rex or goat mania mode was lit and that somehow got played during no, competition it, play. It wasn't, it wasn't that, although I have seen that happen at Ooh. a tournament here in St. Louis. And I don't think anybody even realized it was happening. I was just watching it off to the side and I was like, hmm, that's funny. That's a lot of guys. I just kept on, <laughs> but no, this one actually happened in the St. Louis pinball championships with the tiebreaker going on. And it was the, uh, the Mando topper. Is this on how Mandalorian. you won? Is this what What's I'm about that? to hear? Is this is how you won your big trophy? By using the Mando? No, 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 no. I already did my exploit on Mando at Expo against oh. Andy Bagwell. Love okay. you, Andy. Yep. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, so without going too in depth, basically it caused a, a major advantage for somebody. So it just kind of made it to where the whole game had to kind of be restarted with scores being counted and so on and so forth. Is that but, yeah. the Beskar Mania? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was one of those things. The game was actually set on competition mode too. Mm -hmm. And we were debating about that at the beginning of the tournament. And we were looking at, we were just like, we can't see it. We can't tell. Like, I don't think it would be on, but nope. Surprise. It, it still happened on competition mode. So yeah. And it was chaos, women and children screaming, <laughs> mass hysteria. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So hopefully... I would say if there if there is a mode attached to a topper, I would hope that competition mode could turn it off immediately. The same way that competition mode is going to turn off the XP. Everything else, yeah. Thing. So it just makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, Josh McLeod, hopefully some new food code updates. We we talked about this a little earlier. Yeah, hopefully something. But we but does food need more code? Did we talk about, or was this the first we, time before I hit recording? No, we didn't talk about yeah, that. We didn't that must have been your other it. podcast. That was you're before on. I hit yeah. recording. I said it's with Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, evidently. 
I said with Foo Fighters, Gosh, we um oh we talked about it before we started. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Foo Fighters. So Joel um, and Friends. We, maybe you talked about it over there. <laughs> we haven't uh there hasn't been a little update in a while, and I know we're at a point where the final wizard mode needs to come into the game. But I, I had brought up the idea of the Combatron. I, I know if we compare this to the other Tanyo code, which was Deadpool, there was a big step. I think it was 0.96 code when Deadpool introduced MechSuit Multiball. And that was a multiball that was based on combos. That's kind of a progressive thing throughout the game. And that really changed how people address the game. So I'm curious. I don't think there's anything currently going on with the combos. And I don't know. That's the question. Is there a chance that I'm getting some squints? Maybe there well, is a little I mean, bit going with the combos. Yeah, I mean, you have to like do a bunch of combos to get a part body part on f- the Fubot. I've been to Fubot multi- multiball. Did I tell you that? that? I got to that. I did it. I conned this Ray guy. into five gift subs. Why? He bet me five gift subs to get to Fubot. Yeah. Yeah, he suckered him in. He, he gave me he nothing. Suckered him in. He gave me nothing for getting a Fubot. No, um, <laughs> I was proud of that. I was proud of that because that's a progressive thing. And and um, what was lucky was he showed up in my chat and and he's like, you only have to. He was basically like, aim at the radio, Sonic, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I I didn't even realize like that was one that I hadn't done. And then as soon as I got out of that, there was like one other thing I had to do real quick that I was close to. But I didn't know, like I wasn't aware. But he kind of, he's like, "You're close to Foo, the Fubot multiball. Like, do this and do that." And we got her done. Yeah, you have um, to hit a certain number of combos to that's light, part of it. Like the com combotron. But like, I think if you get it to where the value is ten million, you lock it in for the rest of the game. I mm. think that's correct, but it could be wrong. Well, I know some people are wanting more call-outs. I don't, I know, I think it's been said very clearly. I think Jack Danger actually said it somewhere, like out of respect for Taylor's death. I don't think there are going to be any, any, any. No um, band members, yeah. No, nothing from band members. So if there's more call-outs or uh, it's, it's going to be the voice actor or another one, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Kineticist, um, he's an awesome supporter. He supports us on Patreon as well. How do you make competitive pinball more accessible and appealing to new casual players? And can, should that be a focus on the IFPA or a different entity? I know we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but how do you make it more appealing to more players? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you're at a bar, the best way to draw somebody over to that table or a pinball machine besides theme. That's the only thing I could think of. If if we're gonna get some crazy, if somebody if somebody releases Super Mario Brothers, or or Pokemon or something like that, that's gonna get some more people playing a pinball machine that don't normally play a pinball machine. But what's gonna get them to keep playing it and coming back to it, or buy one to put it in their house? I uh, think it, it boils down to sauce, community. Yeah. It, it really boils down to the community. Um. I, I think that the best way to do it, if you want to build up your tournament scene and you want to build up your community scene, I think the most important part for player retention is making people feel welcomed. And an easy way to do that is you hold pinball socials. So what you do is what I would recommend everybody to do if you want to build up your community is get your established players, right? Have them have a big pinball social to where you invite new players out. People, you might be at a bar, you might be at an arcade, whatever, bring them in, 
but you put them in a situation to where they don't know what's going on on each pinball machine, right? But you just give them maybe 10, 15 minutes on each pin, put everything on free play, have the players that are in the community explain one or two things about the machine to them and let them try to do that. Let them try to start a multi-ball. Then when they're done, say your goodbyes, rotate to the next pin, introduce yourselves, you meet somebody new, then you learn something new on another pinball machine. You just keep repeating that for an hour, hour and a half. You just get people involved that way. And I think that's the easiest way to kind of build up a community. It's not necessarily about being ultra competitive or anything like that. It's more about your community, making people feel at ease and making people enjoy what just enjoy coming to it. It's the same way for everybody out there that does a bowling league for everybody out there. that does beer league softball. Yeah. It, that's fun to do, but it's also fun to be around friends as yeah. well. So I think yeah. that's the way that you package this and that's the way you get more attention to your league or to your, your monthly tournaments over time. And it just takes time to build up, to have 20, 30, 40, 50 people there. It's not going to happen overnight. Sure. I think it's like, I know electric bat arcade. Um, I follow them on Instagram and whatnot. Like it just looks like they're having a blast. So whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. And it just looks like, even if I I guarantee look at district 82, he well, doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about me. Well, well <laughs> no, with like, did, well, for yes. instance, like the $5 volley that's yeah. taken a, a thing of its own or a life of its own. So stuff like that, that what yeah, I, was, I think that's important. What I was saying though, with electric bat is like, I guarantee there are people that go just to drink and hang out and they don't actually play just cause it looks like the environment <laughs> is a fun yeah. time. Now district 82 is a step up when it comes to like the actual competitiveness and what all you're going to experience with the number of machines and the quality of the machines and all that. But I mean, maybe uh, not. There's there's still a lot of excellent yeah, players out yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah. But they yeah. don't have Tom. No, yeah. they don't have Tom. Yeah. Well, electric bat is Mark and uh Roland. They're and you have really good. sex appeal. So you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you do tripod. Good job, buddy. There's clearly um yeah, there I mean the fact that I know about and I'm not I'm not but it's like the fact that I know about District 82, I've never been there. You guys are doing something right. The fact I know about Electric Bat Arcade out I'm in Arizona. I'm trying to keep you out. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're clearly doing something right when you know about these things. Like, yeah. So I, I think that I, I I really like what you're talking about, though. And and yeah, I think you're the, the key there is you want to – it's a community. Everybody wants to be accepted into something. And everybody has some hobby or interest. And if you make people feel accepted, that's the best way to bring them into whatever community you're trying to well, do. Well, pinball is the common ground, too. And that's important. You, you find the common ground and you go from there. Yeah. This is going to kick my butt and yours. Let's do it together. That kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I think the hard thing is to make competitive pinball fun for everybody. You know, which if you can do that, that would, that would drive people to it. You know, earlier on, like I'll, I'll give the expo tournament as an example. So like early on when, when Expo used to happen, everybody used to be waiting in a line to to go up to a pin. And, you know, for a competitive player, that's not such a bad thing. But to maybe somebody like you, Joel, you'd be like, wow, there's a line of 40 people. I don't want to wait in line to play one pin, you know. So, um I think doing some of like the match play tournaments and the knockout tournaments, uh, if you can do some of that stuff on in like your local scene 
and get a social aspect going because you're in, you're playing groups of four or three and uh, you're interacting with people. I, I think that's a key. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It's a good point. That I know. And, and attitudes. That, of that's, course. That's the biggest thing too. I've and seen. And I got to ta- work on my attitude because when I, when I don't play well, I have a bad attitude. Right. Well, it, it comes <laughs> down to, well, it comes down to also everybody knows district 82 competitive players. That's, yeah. that's what it's known for. Right. Right. But then let's consider the other leagues or the other communities that are around that might have eight to 15 players. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have four players out of that group, 25, 30% that are just completely batshit crazy, throwing their hat around, stomping around, screaming out cuss words. Right. That's going to be awfully hard to build up your community. You get somebody brand new to that and they see that they may not want to be a part of that. That, that makes things awfully difficult. It's not to say, Hey, don't be competitive, but that's kind of where competitive pinball or tournament pinball is just in this weird space to where you could have people competing for three whoppers and it would be just like the world championship for it's game nine of ifba every single time and that's that's fine but then at the same time if you have somebody else that's playing it just happens to be a tuesday wednesday thursday night for them they just want a beer after work they just want to hang out you have those two competing ideas so i think a lot of it is is finding that equilibrium finding that way to introduce people to ease them into it because their idea of competitive pinball might be a lot different than our idea of competitive pinball. Like my true idea of it is we're going to end disc, right? And we're doing a Papa card and we're playing against the world's best players from everywhere. Like to me, that's competitive pinball. If I'm doing a local event or if I'm doing local league, I'm not taking it serious at all. And I'm certainly not going to sweat, not doing well. Like I just want to talk to people. I just want to have fun. So I think that's important too is to figure out what direction are you taking the community? What's your end game goal with everything? Yeah, no, I think it makes total sense. I, I don't have any experience in it, but I do know, well, my little, my one tournament I played at Cleepin, it's like, yeah, the best part of that was hanging out, talking to the other people while you're waiting. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, I just got wrecked on that game. And then you share that. Oh yeah. That's or focus on that. I mean, it's yeah. It's It's part part of the fun. The important thing is, is you finished ahead of Monica. Sure did. <laughs> sure did. I hope she, I hope that bothers her. I don't think she knows, but. I it does. It no, she knows. <laughs> yeah. She's out for blood yeah, next yeah. time you guys but, play. I mean, there is a big part. I mean, the social aspect is a big part of the competitive pinball community. I think yeah. it's a very good part of it. For sure. Uh, next question. Cos, Brian Cosner. When are we getting a bluey pin? I'd be all for it. Bluey's an awesome show. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um. Neil McRae, the one, the only, the UK Open and its amazing build-up. Are either of you guys planning on going to that UK Open? Flying over? Oh, oh Travis is I, going. I wish I was. Yeah. Neil, there's no way that won't be fun. There's no way that won't be fun. Uh, Carl, <laughs> Carl D'Angelo, keeping multi-balls above the flippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chris Wombat, uh, the, ru- <laughs> the rumor to be upcoming Jaws from Keith Owen, would like to see what you guys think will be in the game or your ideas of how this game will be another Ellen home run Shark. since they likely won't have full assets similar to Jurassic Park. Jaws is one of the last dream teams for me, so I'm real. I'm ready for others to chum up the excitement like myself. Um, 
I have no doubt it'll shoot well. After interviewing Keith, I mean, his goal is to make the funnest shooting Whitewood possible. So that's one thing that I think Keith does incredibly well is he actually doesn't rely on the theme to make it fun. So I, I have no doubt that it's going to be a fun shooting game. Um, second to that, though, is I do know that he's going to make a very balanced and enjoyable rule set. Um, I have no idea what that's going to look like. I have no idea how you take Jaws the movie, or if they don't have those assets, how you just take the idea of <laughs> of of like modes, or if it's all types some of an escape, or how I have no idea what the progression is. I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea what they're going to do with that. But um, I know it's going to shoot really well. I don't. I mean, do you guys have you guys brainstormed at all on? What you could Elwin possibly could do see. a game about a dishwasher, and I'd probably buy it. <laughs> would I don't know. Have, I would. What, what's your question? Have we brainstormed? What, yeah, he's he's saying Jaws is a dream theme. So if he's playing the game of what it's going to possibly be, like, how do you picture it? Like, I'm not talking about shots. I mean, maybe like a mech. What do you me- like? What kind of mech do you think would be in it? Or like, how do you think the code would potentially lay out? Like, what's a mode look like in Jaws? I mean, it it depends the direction they're going. If you have assets, then I guess the modes would be based on different scenes of the movies, possibly. But I think if if it's Jaws, let's just mm-hmm. say if it is, that you don't... I, I personally don't think you need a bunch of assets. You just need a shark. You just need water. You know, I, I don't think anybody's watching it because of the human characters or going to play it because of the human characters. Yeah. I don't think this is a Jurassic Park situation where you have like jeff goldblum you know what i mean i i I think it's just it could just be very shark centric now of course unless they do the one with dennis quaid and sea world and all that terrible (laughs) terrible puppeteer stuff or whatever it was but yeah i i think you could just simply just have the shark i think you probably have some type of mech with a shark cage i think that's a given because that's you know you just look at the motifs of dealing with a great white shark right so Maybe you have some type of, I don't know, magnet that gets caught and it's in the shark cage and it goes under and maybe that has some type of mode to where it changes the play field to where you're underwater, you're the shark, you're you're hunting stuff. Maybe you have a shark that eats a ball. It is an interesting, I mean, even just that point alone, are you the shark? Is it you versus the boat? Is it you versus the boats? Is it you versus the people? Or is it the opposite? Are you a fisherman and you're trying to survive being attacked? Well, just like you said there, you could have a boat mechanism in it too. And a a buoy somewhere. I I would love if we were the shark. I would love that. Right? I would rather be a shark than anything. That's true. That would be be interesting if you are Jaws. (laughs) <laughs> and then the shots you're yeah. like you're chomping on things yeah. and all that you're taking bites out of things and that's how you collect your different power-ups you eat so many other tiger sharks or something yeah. like that you eat so much squid you fight an orca you gotta fight yeah, a megalodon a how have you not <laughs> it's not gonna be that it's like how it's many innocent survive how many innocent swimmers did you like Oh, everything. Yeah. Joel I would sit there on my <laughs> ass playing man-eater yeah. and I would yeah. just go just after the humans, I don't know. no cares at all. I don't have a good answer, but I think it. Uh, it'll, uh, I have faith in Elwin, and Elwin we trust, right? Isn't that the 
Yeah. And Elwin, I mean, and, and I know Elwin's the first to say it's not him. It's the team. They, his team knows how to like, it'll, there'll be fun mechs. Rick Nagel's going to do something crazy with the mechs. And then, um, what's his code? The coder. Um, there's Rick Nagel, the coder. Rick Nagel's the coder. So who's no, his, he's the artist. Zombie Yeti is you're, the coder. God, you're so, <laughs> who's his mechanical engineer? It's not Nagel. It's Harrison? on the Harrison Drake. That's what it is. There Drake you go. Hotel. I I just think you know instead of I'll just just hold, hold my just a little bit journey, just, I just need a little bit of assistance instead of you sitting there throwing out names I don't Cletus I don't know is it <laughs> Philip Well All hey right. we we do know it is confirmed though Zombie Yeti confirmed that Keith Elwin's putting out eighteen, 18 games, games yeah next year yeah, yeah I think all, that's what it is yeah, eighteen it's probably twenty two uh, games eighteen LEs maybe yeah twenty two games total yeah. I think separate <laughs> games is coming. All right, we got a, we got so many more of these. Uh, well, let's go through them. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Adam Gross. Any? I'm curious what you think about the state of Kurt Stern code updates. People are getting antsy, and the Foo Fighters owners. No next blah, blah, question. Blah. What do you want to see from the future <laughs> updates to the newer games you own? So I will say, Adam. First off, I think it's hilarious because I've been watching the Cactus Canyon thread for a long time. And the number of people are one that they're one upset that they don't have their LE yet. Remember cactus orders, cactus Canyon LEs were ordered not last October, but the October before. And people are like, where's the Lyman code? Where's the Lyman code? It's like, that is, that is a level of unpatience compared to Foo Fighters. It's been what a month. (laughs) Like that's what it's kind of crazy that it really depends on where you're at. Uh, code that I'm waiting for in newer games. Uh, I mean, I know, Keith Elwin, when I interviewed him, said that Godzilla is going to have another challenge mode. That looks cool. Can't Ooh. wait for that. That'll be fun. That's exactly what I was going to say. I just oh. want challenge modes. And any any updates, that's what I would prefer. That's okay. by far my most favorite thing, is to be able to do a challenge mode. And and actually, I introduced uh, Battle Royale to one of my sons on Avengers. He didn't yeah. realize it was there. And he rarely plays pinball. Fair shit. Been playing it all weekend long. Oh, That's they're a an blast. easy way to get hooked. Yeah. So I, played, I wish I wish everything would have challenge modes. It's a lot I, of fun. I've played almost nothing but King of Monsters Time Attack since I got the topper. And tra- Tom, have you played it yet? Yeah, I've played it. Have you beat it? Yes. God. Of course you have. How much time did you have left? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, like <laughs> Carl I, had like I three did it minutes like on left. the second try. And then <laughs> of I was course, like, huh? okay, I'm good. Well, Joel's yeah. on his like ninety-seven. I'll tell you the XP I have going on that game. You're ready for that venom just to show up? Uh, no, I just get so frustrated because it's the stupid left spinner or the left ramp is what's what kills me. It's always I that. just I just can't wait. You need yep. to do the first time you get venom. You do not stop the stream <laughs> until you beat Noel. You're, just, yes. You're going to be the second ever Noel on hours, stream yeah. defeat. Yeah, yep, that's uh, the goal. Derek Carmanian, why has a competitive pinball gained sponsorships? It seems like IFP is more concerned about growing, which is seems as self-sustainable at this point, but things such as league dues or prize pools are funded by players themselves. I just, I, 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 think, they've, answered that. I think they've tried. I think it's not an easy thing to do. Kinetis has said little to no business value for those who would be in the position of the sponsor. I would love to sponsor more things, but my limited funds. I mean, I think your best, the best thing to sponsor a pinball, pinball event company would be sponsors, pinball. Uh, super series. I mean, it would be awesome if like, I, this is, 
I eat Pringles so, a lot on my stream. It would be awesome if Pringles sponsored an event or something. It's like I'm talking like, to air. But that <laughs> I I Tom, I don't want you to feel like I'm not listening. Yes, pinball <laughs> pinball company sponsor sponsor tournaments. You, you are just, correct. You should have said precision flippers. He would have no. stopped immediately. <laughs> I we uh, yes, pinball related companies will sponsor tournaments, but I feel like the question you're talking is about like outside. Yeah, if you're playing in a, if you're playing in a pinball tournament, you know who American Pinball is. So how much right. marketing is it really doing? That's what I'm saying. Here's how it happens. Yes. You don't sponsor the pinball itself. You sponsor what the event is and how many eyeballs are going to be there. If Stern does the full-on content creator invitational, guess what? You'll have sponsors. No doubt in my mind. Okay. Because there will be plenty of eyeballs. So the sponsors will go where the eyeballs are. Let's face facts. The people that do it in pinball, it's more or less a goodwill je- gesture. I mean, you're only getting so many eyeballs on there. But if you truly want to get a bunch of sponsors, you need to have people on there that are going to drive the views. And all of us in pinball, we all know each other within our ecosystem. But let's face facts. You get outside of our ecosystem. Just like that, it's very Travis hard to tell. Uh, that was one of the questions. Why isn't Travis bought a new camera? <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is awkward. Yep. Um, um, I, I would say my wife hates me, probably. I've asked her. <laughs> but she keeps saying no. But um, yeah, I don't know. Joel, why haven't I got a new webcam yet? I think you like the attention. I think you just like that we... <laughs> You think that's what it is? I think that's what it is. No, I I will be perfectly honest. The reason why Elgato no signal (laughs) happens all the time, because I'm supposed to have something on my computer that stops this Mm. from happening and it doesn't work. So my options are I either take my camera completely apart and put on a different camera or I keep trying to figure it out. And I swear I keep trying to figure it out every single week and it does not work. It's so hard to take you seriously when it's still off right now. Like your signal is still <laughs> off. Um, well, just we, your he, conscience, he, he gave up. We've got a we've we got a handful of questions left, and thank you so much for the people that wrote them. But we are running a little low on time. I did. There was one other topic that I did want to. Well, I'll let you guys pick. Do you guys want to talk about tournament difficulty, or do you want to talk the current state of pinball sales? Tournament difficulty. Tournament I don't want to talk about cells. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> tournament difficulty. Recently, I have witnessed or watched two big tournaments in the last, I don't know, a few weeks. One was Yagpin. Yagpin was up in um, uh, Canada. Shout out to Mike and the Pinballers for streaming it. Also, shout out to Jackson Gee for doing the art. It was real quality stuff. Um, Yagpin, it sounds like they set up their games to be very difficult very difficult almost every modern game had lightning flippers on it they had precision Precision flippers which a lot of people weren't used to but they did like just crazy stuff with way beyond the norm of you know removing the outposts and removing a few rubbers they had precision lightning flippers. yes they so big massive changes to make the games more difficult that was Yegpin and I know Yegpin the the tournament director he's he, they're they're clearly trying to be the next Papa and Papa was known for having difficult games. Like that's something that I read or heard but I feel like he's taken it to a whole nother level of difficulty. 
So that's one end of the spectrum, Yegbin tournament. Other end of the spectrum was the Beast that was just put on by Jeff Teolis up in, I think it was Buffalo, where it sounds like a lot of those games were actually incredibly forgiving or were stock or close to stock. So you guys are both high-end tournament players. When you guys are at a tournament, what's the balance there? Do you prefer games that are, I know you guys have talked like Pinball Expo in Chicago, those games are stock. So mm-hmm. it's like it allows it allows these tournament players to get to wizard modes or the opposite end of that where it's like you're just trying to survive. And and if you can put up a two million point game on whatever, that's something to be proud of. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Where do you fall on um, on what you prefer to play or, or at what point does a game get too difficult that it's not even fun? Like, I don't know. Thoughts on that. Travis. Tom. go first why not i think well it just depends on the type of tournament but um yeah i mean i'd rather play a a tournament where it's kind of like a medium-ish level like some of the some of the games are tough but fair i guess okay you know um i don't i don't necessarily like when you know things are you know you take out a whole mechanism on a game because otherwise it would play too long you know sort of thing but um for instance uh i guess they used to take out uh the whole lock mechanism on sorcerer because uh it was just you could just hit that thing all day long but now they have updated code, so like you have to, have to drop targets to lock a ball. So it makes it more appealing, I guess, to having a tournament. Okay. I would say I think it just needs to be an equilibrium. I think yeah. um, Yagpen, we could all agree, and I know a lot of tournament players were talking about it that weren't there. We were all just like, this is insanity. But at the same time, it was entertaining to watch because you were just like, who's going to survive this? Like, How is this <laughs> going to go down? Uh, personally, I would much rather, I gravitate towards a tournament such as the Beast that Teolis put on. I, I thought the game setups there were very fair. They weren't super easy, but they weren't super difficult either. It was that happy equilibrium to where I was more than happy to keep doing the entries, keep playing. In comparison, Expo, I don't think I'll ever play that tournament again. It's not necessarily because I'm like, oh, I just hate it. It's just, it was so exhausting knowing that you need to score one to two to three billion points on modern Sterns every single time just to have a chance. I mean, it takes a lot of brain power. It takes a lot of stamina just to do something like that. So I, I see it on both ends. I personally, I wouldn't want to play in a tournament in which I just felt like I was just getting my teeth kicked in every single game i i don't i don't necessarily like those types of tournaments and i don't necessarily want to play in something in which i'm there all day long experiencing that i think that's the other part to it too that that i just wouldn't enjoy personally but i could see why there are people out there that do enjoy that that type of challenge i don't mind setting up my game super hard at home but the caveat is is after i'm done getting my teeth kicked in within 15 20 minutes i could be done with it and I don't have to do anything else. So, no, I, I think there's there's pros and cons to it, but I think it's important to find an equilibrium to make it to where the games are playable, to make it to where it's fun. And 
I want competitive pinball to be competitive. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. Well, that's at least from the outside looking in, it's the, the, the two main reasons they make the game hard is one, it actually makes you really good players. It gives you a challenge for you really good players. And then two time, because it sounds like just right. the game, if, if every round is going to take an hour and a half or something, it's just, you know, when you're doing four players per game and if you have a stock game, you, it, one round could take a long time. So if that idea of, you know, being able to achieve a round in a certain amount of time, then that's more people that can play. The tournament can go a little faster. You can do more. So clearly yep. a balance, but I just, some of the feedback I heard from Yegpin is it's like some of the people that went have no interest in going again because it just was too brutal. And then there's other people that had heard about that and just, you know, high end players that are like, I'm not going to that because I'm not going to, it's not fun for me. I don't want to get my, you know, my teeth kicked in the whole time I'm there and feel like I'm not even having fun. Um, so Hopefully that's feedback that they take and maybe do a little less next year. And then maybe if certain tournaments, it's like, oh, if, if the Chicago Pinball Expo, if that tournament's too easy and they get that type of feedback, okay, maybe I should pull a few rubbers, you know, do a little bit, make it a little bit harder for well, next I year. I think even at Expo, they kept it easy all the way through until I think the final two or maybe even the final four. Cause yeah, I know jo- I, jo- I was Josh and Brian die. were starting to make the games harder just to yeah. keep things moving. moving. Yeah. yeah. This was like the, during got, finals. Yeah. It got long, yeah. too, super, super long. So I get why you have the games play super hard, especially if you have multiple tournaments going on, you have hundreds of people, you have to keep things moving along. I, I get that. That's just, you know, that's a tough balancing act. It's not, not an easy thing to do to time up multiple games across multiple eras and try to time it up according to banks too. Yeah. That's insanely difficult to do. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I see it from both both perspectives, but I also respect the process that goes into trying to get the games to sure. play as fair as possible within keeping in a certain time. Yeah. Well, I know Tom has a bedtime. So Travis, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this to oh. you. You have I'm gonna give you one minute. I'm going to start a timer. You have one minute to tell me about the current state of pinball sales. Ready? Go. <laughs> this should be fun. Uh, I mean, there's some games selling. There's some games not selling. But you said you were going to cry. There's other. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> well, we'll just put it this way. There is an obvious lull that's going on. If you're into buying used games, this is your time to strike. Like this is your time to do the gold rush and all that new inbox games. It's obviously there's plenty out there across the board. It's very difficult to find a game that's completely sold out except for maybe Godzilla premium. That sucker still sells like hotcakes. But outside of that, I, I think that supply has finally exceeded demand at this point. And that's what we're kind of seeing. And I think we're going to see that now for an extended period of time. I'm not going to cry, Joel. Okay, good. I'm I'm holding it. I'm holding it together. I'm so holding it together. Yeah, it is interesting. There's only a handful of games that I mean, people are waiting. People are waiting on Galactic Taking Force. People are waiting on Cactus Canyon LE. But other than that, or Deadpool. But those we just heard. Apparently, those are coming. Uh, Venom. People are waiting on that. Otherwise, it just seems like pretty much anything else that you want is available in some capacity. And yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it could somewhat be considered a... <laughs> Tom is raising his hand. Yes, Tom, do uh, it. Well, once we get off topic, I have something, so go ahead. 
We are now off topic. <laughs> okay. You, you. <laughs> so I, I talked about this before um, off, off the podcast, but I wanted to ask Travis a tournament director question. Oh, and yeah. What, this was, what yeah. What call would he make? Mm. My and brain is hard. The has wrong to, call. It has to do with the game that is currently to the left of Joel, Spider-Man. Oh. Okay. So you have a player that is playing Spider-Man multi-ball, one of the multi-balls, mm-hmm. and he gets a ball locked behind the three bank that moves up and down. Dirty pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you continue playing by IFPA rules, or do you have to trap up and have a TD unstuck that ball? You have to trap up and have a TD unstick the ball. Final that, answer. That is correct. Bum, bum, bum. So that, that would be you, the Tom same Breath. as uh, like Attack from Mars? Anything like no. that? No. Why? It is not the same. It is not the same because... Because the, Josh Sharp says so. <laughs> <laughs> so on Attack from Mars and actually Jackbot, there are dirty pool rules in that game specifically where you can like gain points by by hitting the ball back into like the areas like, like on attack from Mars, you can hit the ball into the saucer and it would award you a, a saucer. But on Spider-Man, there is no such thing. So in Spider-Man, that is considered a stuck ball and you have to get a TD to unstick that. Now, I did actually not know that rule. And we we're, I was watching the bat cave pinball um stream and and by the way you should check that out uh eric stone was playing uh spider-man and that that came up he had a ball and some people in the chat um actually it was uh z-mac was in there al rucco and they were saying like oh that's actually illegal and eric stone was like no it's not and I actually agreed with Eric. I didn't think it was until I actually looked up the rules. And uh, yeah, sure enough, you have to get a TD in that situation. It's considered Sorry, a Sorry, Mr. Ball. Stone. I would there's have walked a, over with the red card yeah, and told you. There's a plastic over <laughs> top of that. So how do you even get to the ball to get it out? I mean, that would not be... So what we're talking about it? a dirty pool or what they're, they're in, in, in Spider-Man right in the middle, there's a three bank target that actually goes up and down. It'll go down and then it opens up the shot behind it. Same exact is, or similar mech as attack from Mars. Tom. Yeah. You hear an echo? No. What? I it, do. <laughs> it's Did Joel you explaining this? this mech. Yes. Tom explained this <laughs> it's mech. It's okay. I would. Sorry, it's okay, Tom. Joel. We I just want to make sure there's, I think Beautiful it is beard. clear <laughs> that there are all levels of players that listen to this podcast and some people may not know what we're saying by dirty pool, but since you're, you're watching here, I just, <laughs> you go ahead and say it, Joel. I'm going to just use so, my hands to my show. My question though, when you said attack from Mars has dirty pool rules, does that mean if the, if the gate is up and a ball sitting behind it, if you hit that gate, does it kind of like kinetic energy go and bounce that ball back? And it can detect that, that there's a moving object it, it can with go the gate in up. The, it can go in the saucer in the back and it'll give you a destroy on the saucer. Oh. So you, you know can how skip everything, basically, okay. is what happens. Interesting. All right. Yep. I did not so know that. So, Joel, if you get a ball stuck during multi-ball, <laughs> better <laughs> trap up. Yeah. You better call yeah. your wife downstairs. Yeah. Take off the glass. Ball. 
yeah, put that ball back on a flipper. Now nah, I'll be just focused on keeping the ball above flippers. That's what I'll be doing. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. We'll plug it up. Uh, Tom, plug away, man. Uh, first of all, good job, Travis, on that. Uh, second of Thank all, uh, I I am Fox City's pinball. There is no other person. <laughs> no, uh, you can find me on Fox City's pinball. Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. You can see how bad of a player I am. It's great. <laughs> just just go watch it. Yeah, perfect. And then perfect. go watch all the tournament streams I have this weekend at uh, the at District 82, the Summer Pinball Classic, the Beat the Clock, yada, yada, yada. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you, as always, for being here. Thank you. Um, Travis, plug away. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me right here on the Triple Drain <laughs> Pinball Podcast. And, you know, today, that's all I feel like plugging right now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> there that's you great. go. And I'm Joel. This is, uh, yeah, this is obviously a Triple Drain Pitball podcast. I stream uh, Flipping Out with Friends or on the Flipping Out YouTube channel every Wednesday, 10 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. We'll be doing a Flipping Out with Friends tomorrow. That'll be a chatting stream. Uh, oh, he's showing off the merch and the guns. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Flipping Out with Friends, oh, check that sorry. out. Hopefully, Perfect. I'll have another interview coming up soon. And, yeah, check out our merch on Silverball Swag or our lunchboxes on Zazzle. You can support <laughs> us on Patreon. All the good stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody that supports this channel and that that listens to the to the podcast and all that. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make a comment or write a comment. We try to respond to them. I say we, it's me. Nobody. Tom does Facebook. Travis does nothing. I, I respond to the YouTube stuff. Yeah, you do. That's really nice. <laughs> Travis, thank you. All it's right. Like I don't even exist. No, you do. Podcast. You do, but you do under Fox Cities. So if Carl, you see Fox you can Cities, take over for me. I'll see you, you later. See, Fox Cities, that is Tom Comedy. Greg Bone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> like always, Tom, you get the last words. Goodbye.